Welcome to Awakening Genius. This is a podcast and community dedicated to your inspiration and your elevation so that you can live fully creatively expressed. I'm your guide, Dijon. Thanks for being here. Stay tuned in to get lifted. Before we get started today, I wanted to invite y'all into something very special. If you resonate with this energy that we're expressing here, then this is something that you will probably enjoy. It's an opportunity to deepen with our community and expand your current network of creatives. We now have a program here at Awakening Genius that is designed to help you embody the infinite creative potential that you have. We all have equal amounts of creative possibility living within us, and it's our work to embody it and ground it so that we can consciously co-create a world together. Now, some of us don't identify with the label artist, but being an artist is not about whether you express yourself through a specific medium like painting or drawing. Being an artist is the level of presence you hold when you do anything. That's why an original painting is infinitely more valuable than a print because the artist actually interacted with that painting and infused it with their energy and consciousness. Art is an energetic transmission and it's not limited to the things we traditionally think of as art. When your grandmother cooks you a meal and infuses it with love, that is artistry in action. So inside of the Awakening Genius container, You learn how to cultivate high vibrational energy into the temple of your body through yogic practices. And then you will practice wielding that energy through creative exercises with community and play shops led by a diverse range of creatives. So you can express your artistry however you choose to. If that sounds intriguing to you and you wanna learn more and you wanna deepen with us, go visit www.awakeninggenius.club The link is also in the show notes, so you can access it there. We're looking forward to building with you, and now let's get into the episode. birthday up in the Pacific Palisades, yes. nature vibes, TP, Lion was doing some magic, he had the whole room captivated, so <laughs> we're just continuing the magical vibes right now. Yeah, yeah, let's get into it, I'm done. Thanks for being here, brother. Thanks for having me. Alright, so, this week's episode is called How to Be Magical as Fuck, because Lion's been a magician here for what, 16? 16 years. Yeah, so maybe... You could share the story of how you got into magic mm-hmm. and how magic is a part of your everyday life. Yeah, I think there's, there's two parts of that story because there's the there's just the growing up 
as a psychic kid not knowing, and there's the entertainment part. Which one do you want me to dive into? Both. Both. Okay, cool. I'll start with the entertainment part. Okay. So it was basically when I was 16. I was at just at that point in my life where I saw that there's a group of cool people and they always had a thing. They were either basketball players or rappers or they had something. And I was just at that point in my life where I was trying to find what's my thing. Because like, I want friends too. I want girls. I want to be cool. And so it was between 14 and 16 that I was just trying out different things. I tried the basketball. I tried the rapping. I tried dancing. And, you know, it's like I was all right, but none of it was my thing. None of it, like, really lit me up. Mm. And when I was pretty much giving up thinking that I didn't have a thing, I was just down and out sitting in my basement. I'm like, all right, maybe I'm just normal. Maybe I'm just regular. And my mom yelled down, and she's like, David, David, you got to turn on the TV. There's this new magician on TV. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see him. He's probably just going to copy David Copperfield. And she's like, no, you don't understand. He does street magic. His name is David Blaine. Mm. And I was just like, street magic? I never heard of that. And I just remember I turned on the TV and just saw him performing for celebrities and for strangers. And it was just this instant, just, that's what I want to do. And that was, that was the dream beginning. Right on. Yeah, yeah. So then what was your next step after you realized that's what you wanted to do? I feel like that was where, because I never had that moment where I asked myself the question, I'm like, okay, now how do I learn magic secrets? Because magicians don't share their secrets. You know, because that's one of the things I get asked is, how do you become a magician if a magician doesn't share their secrets? Right. It's a great question. And for me, it was just, I really feel like magic found me. Like, it was meant for me to see David Blaine at that moment. Mm. And it was just in me making that decision, saying that's what I want to do. There was no question of how I was going to do it. So it was just the way that life unfolded synchronistically. Mm. That I tried going to the bookstores and to the libraries and online. And I found a few tricks here and there, but nothing that was very David Blaine-esque. Mm-hmm. And again, same thing happened just as I was about to give up and be like, all right, maybe I can't find that in Montreal. I happened to walk into school one day. I was in grade 10 at the time. I was about 15-ish, 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And as I walked in, I'm about to go to class, and I just hear this huge uproar in the cafeteria. And it was just, and I'm looking, I'm like, what's going on over there? And I see a guy standing with a deck of cards. And I'm just like, no way, there's a David Blaine in my school. So I followed him around all day. I was watching him perform, never actually going into his performances. Like, I was always watching from the outskirts, because I was just appreciating the art and magic that it was. Mm -hmm. And then... As he went around for about an hour performing, finally when he was done being the magician and just went back to being Chris, I approached him and I'm just like, dude, like, your magic blows me away. Could you please tell me, like, how'd you do that one trick where you turned a card into another card? Mm. And for whatever reason, he just told me. And what it most gave me in that moment was, one, it taught me a new trick, but it gave me the thinking of a magician. And once I, I learned how to think like a magician, then I was able to go back and watch David Blaine and all these other people and start to pick it apart and come up with my own ways of uh, recreating what they were doing. Mm. And that's how the past started to unravel. I love that. Yeah. So one thing I heard <clears throat> was that your kind of soul felt like it chose magic or magic felt like it chose you. So people often ask when they're getting started on something new, like what's the first step? And I think the first step is just moving from your heart. You know? Yeah, and I feel like it was also just being passionate about being passionate. That's what I was just, I didn't know what my passion was, but I was so passionate about finding my passion that I feel like that led to the current of me eventually finding the thing. Yes, and passion is of the heart. That's a heart energy. Exactly. Whereas like the details and how do I do that, that's more of a mental, like I'm trying to figure it out. And one thing that I appreciate about your presence is 
you really don't try to figure things out. <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah. you like live in a flow state and just being open to what the present moment is offering. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times if we have preconceptions about what we want or where we want things to come from, then that closes off other possibilities. But if you just have the passion and stay open to whatever the highest path is in that moment, then you get to go on a journey that you never would have been able to come up with on your own. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I definitely think it also played a factor that I was still young. You know, I, I wasn't looking for my purpose or my career or any of that stuff. I didn't have th- those thoughts in my mind. I just really wanted to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like I, I had this, I was coming from such a strong place of innocence that I feel really allowed for that discovery to happen. Mm. Yeah. Right on. So as you're, you've been a magician for 16 years. 16 years. You mentioned how to think like a magician. Could you elaborate on what that means? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> so basically what I had learned is that magicians think backwards. So, for example, when a magician's doing a performance, the way that a magician will look at it is they'll look at what's the end result they want to uh, achieve, like what's the effect they want to achieve, and they'll work their way backwards rather than thinking of, okay, what could I do with this deck of cards? and trying to find their way forward. So that, that was a, a huge key for me because then I started watching everything backwards. Mm. So that was one of the, the magician mentalities. So it's like you visualize the end result. That's it, yeah. And then take the steps to get there. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's, for example, one time I was doing a TV appearance and it was my first TV appearance in 2010 and I knew I wanted to do something that hadn't been done before. And so the way that I, I was envisioning it, I started at the end and I just saw, I knew I wanted to do something with mind reading, but I also wanted to be very visual. Because very often, if anyone's seen a mind reading performance, it's pretty much, think of someone, I tell you who the person is, it's astonishing, but there's nothing visually happening. But I was, so I was playing with this idea of visuals until eventually I got to this spark where I'm like, oh, I would love something with just, with smoke and, and, the, and the name that she's thinking of is burnt onto my bottom lip. And so it's, I started with the end and then I started to work my way back as to how I would approach that and actually make the moment happen Mm -hmm. and it was just next level awesome that sounds pretty amazing yeah yeah if you haven't seen this guy's magic it's truly amazing yesterday one of the tricks he was doing was first is it okay if i relay this story yeah please so first he had us like focus on the energy between our fingers while we were listening to his voice and just by the sound of his voice we could feel energy like pulling our fingers together which doesn't sound impressive, but it was like something about his vocal field was connected to our energy fields that was connecting our fingers. So then he said, who felt that? I need one woman and one man. And it was one woman who raised her hand, my homegirl Rachel, and then I raised my hand, and he had us come out. And he connected our energies by putting one hand to me and one hand to her and just guiding us to being connected. And then he said, okay, stand there with your eyes closed. So he was like, (laughs) Just, we're going to go through a little thing, and then I want you to tell me what happens afterwards. So I'm staying there for maybe 10 seconds, and then I feel a little tickle on my nose right here. <laughs> a little tickle just like that. And I'm like, okay. And then a couple seconds later, another little tickle. He's okay, open your eyes. And everyone, I have my eyes closed. Everyone is watching me. Everyone's like, oh my God. Oh. And I'm like, what? I don't know what's going on, what the big deal is about. And then he asked me, like, did you feel anything while that was going on? I was like, yeah. And he was like, where did you feel it? And I was like, right here. And everyone was like, oh, shit, oh, my God. And I was like, what? Because to me, I just got touched. I was like, I don't see what the big deal is. But then he was like, did I ever touch him? 
And everyone was like, no, he never <laughs> touched you. But what he did do was touch Rachel with her hair. He took her hair and rubbed it on her nose in that exact spot. And I felt her energy through whatever magic he was doing. And that really blew everyone away. So if you haven't checked out his magic, you have your own YouTube channel, right? Yes, David Lyon on YouTube. You can find all my stuff, L-I-O-N. And Lionism is his Instagram, mm -hmm. and that's great hearing your story, but it would also be really awesome if there's any magic you could share with the people before we shine off here. Yeah, we would have to roll into that after. I, I don't have any inspirations at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we can maybe take a little break <coughs> and see if we can come up with something to dazzle you guys, but thanks so much for being here. You're on Awakening Genius. Yes. You have anything else you want to share with the people? How about what's something, a shift people can make in their own lives to live a more magical experience? Courage played a really huge role in my growth and my transformation. And the reason why I say courage is because when I first learned magic, from 16 to 21, I had never performed for anybody. Mm. So for five years, I was just practicing in the mirror, literally like locking myself in the bathroom because I had all kinds of mirrors and I would watch like that. And just get really good at it, but I was terrified to go and perform for people. Because also at this point in my life, I'd, I'd been, I went through a lot of psychological bullying, I was rejected a lot, so I had lots of insecurities. Mm. And so I was very afraid to go up and approach people because the last thing I wanted was to get made fun of or rejected again kind of thing, or mm -hmm. to fail. Mm -hmm. And so I remember high school ended, and I started college, this college called Dawson in Montreal. and. I had zero friends, like none of my high school friends came to Dawson and I just showed up in this big school with tons of people and I knew nobody, I felt very invisible. And I remember every single day, I would, after class I would walk down and I would look at all the cool people in the cafeteria and I'd, and I'd be like, man, I'm like, if only they gave me a chance. If only they gave me a chance, I know we would get along, I know that we would love each other kind of thing. Mm. And I just didn't know how to bridge that gap and so I knew I'm like, I gotta perform for them. And so I kept telling myself, tomorrow I'm gonna perform. So I go back and I had my signature effect at that time was where I would borrow someone's dollar bill and turn it into a hundred dollars. And that's the one that I was practicing. And so every day I would return to school and I would repeat the same cycle of ending class, coming down, I'm like, okay, today I'm gonna do it. I would get myself all pumped up in class. School would end, I'd go and look at them. My knees would shake and I'd be like, tomorrow. <laughs> and I literally lived that hamster wheel for a whole semester, three, four months or something like that. And then when the semester re-began, that's when I realized that I'm like, my life's not changing. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. It, it was getting to the point where the pain of constantly living that hamster wheel was too much to just keep living that and, and just keep wondering what if. Mm. And it was like that realization that nothing's gonna change unless I do. And so, Finally, one day I was just like, because I had enough of that feeling, I was still terrified. My, my desire for what was on the other side was so much greater that I was just like, okay, I'm going to do it. And this time I walked down, I'll never forget it. The fear didn't go away. My knees were still shaking. I was terrified. And I thought, I'm like, okay, you know what, maybe I could start small. And I like cruised through the cafeteria and I found these two women who were just, who looked the least intimidating basically. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll start with them. And I was just like, uh, ex excuse me, can I show you something interesting? Do you have a $5 bill I could borrow? And clearly I wasn't very threatening, so they were just like, yeah. So they give me the bill. And what I didn't realize was that as soon as I 
take the bill and I roll my sleeves up and start showing my hands empty and all that stuff that people would realize that I'm performing something. Hmm. So all of a sudden, my performance for two people turned into 50 people gathered around me 360 hmm. and I was just in it and it was like, there, it was do or die, there was no <laughs> going back. And I was just like, all right, because my biggest fear was I didn't want to be known as the guy who wanted to be a magician. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I'm like, I can't take anymore. Uh -huh. But I was just there and, and I just summon the courage to just live my truth. I'm like, this is what's calling me, you know? Mm. And I did it, I did the performance, I turned the girl's bill into $100, and as soon as they saw it was 100 the whole school went into this uproar mm. so intensely that as where people were running out the school, a year prior there had been a, a school shooting, unfortunately, mm. and but so the security just saw people running out of the school, so they thought there was another shooting. So they call SWAT team, without me knowing, Whoa. and I'm there continuing to perform tricks and whatever, and all of a sudden, not long after, SWAT team runs in, and I see them like looking around for stuff, and as I put two and two together, I'm standing there with a deck of cards going, did I do this? <laughs> and that's when it hit me, I was like, this is what I meant to do. Mm. And that was the moment that forever changed my life, because that was where I went from being the most invisible guy in school to the most popular guy in school, and when I got my first group of friends and a hot girlfriend and people who wanted to film me and it just it opened up so much of my life and so that's why I feel it's so important to have courage even in the face of fear because that's it's the portal to your dreams mm. yeah that's beautiful man yeah that's thank a you wonderful story yeah thank you so I hear the keys being one passion if you pursuing your passion if you don't know what your passion is being passionate about finding your passion that's it then once you do that, persevering, because you said you did it for five years for yourself before you did it for anyone, yeah. that's a lot of perseverance to be doing that on your own. I feel like a lot of people just would have given it up. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of people say to me, like, oh man, that must have taken a lot of work. And it didn't feel like work at all to me. For mm -hmm. me, it was I, I was so obsessed with it that I would literally like watch TV and play with a deck of cards kind of thing. And so it was like learning in a trance state. So yeah, there was the perseverance aspect, but it was definitely effortless and exciting as well, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's a good indicator of what actually is your passion. Because if it feels like work, maybe it's not. Exactly. If it's a constant joyful experience. Like I know when I play music, I can just get lost. And then just three hours later, I'll be like, oh, like what what I get, what I do. And then I listen to it and I'll go, oh, that's dope. That's it. But if you're grinding, then you know that's not not the way it's not the thing right, right. yeah 100 percent. it's like what they say if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life mm -hmm. and that's a hundred percent how i feel about my life totally these things are cliche but they're cliche for a reason and i feel like we just have deeper understandings of what they actually really mean as we walk our path yeah. and then we have a an awakening moment where ah that's what they mean when they say that mm -hmm. so the passion the consistency and the alignment, knowing that what you're doing is easeful and joyful. Mm -hmm. And then even when you're coming to do it, even if it is something you love and you have a certain level of mastery over, mm -hmm. there's still maybe overcoming fear of being seen or stepping into your full power. But what he's saying is it's so worth it. Absolutely. It's yeah. so worth it. And it's like my fear to this day never disappeared like to this day when i have a, a big performance i get scared i get nervous i get butterflies i like i don't want to go on stage I, I still go through all those things but mm -hmm. i've just learned that those are what i'm feeling as nervousness is actually excitement it's just my mind distorting things and and not able to tune into it in the moment but i know as soon as i just go for it there's just this thing that happens there's this trance state that activates where it's just the most beautiful thing in the world and i guess because i've done it so many times 
I've become addicted to that fear. So when I do feel it, I'm like, oh, that's where I got to go. Ah, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some pretty good downloads about how to be magical as fuck, I yeah. think. It's a nice little arsenal. An awakening genius. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. Definitely. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, like we said, he's got his own YouTube channel, mm -hmm. David Lyon. David Lyon, if you want to check me out, there's a bunch of street magic, street hypnosis, mind reading, spiritual wisdom, and just a whole bunch of goodness. Right on. Well, this is the first time he's in Dijon's dimension, but I'm sure there will be other times. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, yeah, brother. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned next time for Awakening Genius. Yeah! Bruh! <laughs>